In this edition of Connecting Dots, we're going to talk a little bit about economics. We're going to talk about uh, Meetup and Everbright. We'll talk about how one person became a multimillionaire doing nothing more than pet walking. We'll also move quickly into GE, that's right, General Electric, and how they're freezing pensions. We'll talk about Tin Stoffel, Dr. Tin Stoffel, and then we'll move into 403B and 457 plans. This will be a short little quick bite size bites on connecting dots. Make sure to read our disclaimer that's in the show notes and understand that we have a conflict of interest. If we talk about a company, there's a pretty good bet that we have a position in that company that I do personally, our corporation and our clients. So make sure to read that disclaimer. Let's get started. Well, generally speaking, there's a pretty high level of consumer confidence and households have a, well, fairly healthy balance sheet compared to what we saw a few years ago. Now, with that being said, it appears as though the momentum in terms of economic productivity is peaking and there is some sentiment among consumers that is beginning to decrease. Now, housing activity could see a little bit of an uptick as a result of mortgage rate declines courtesy of the Federal Reserve and the free flow of money. The problem is Housing continues to be pretty darn expensive, and a lot of people are priced out of the housing market. In addition, a lot of people are paying a real high amount when it comes to rent in order to get away from undesirable neighbors. That's a fact. Oh, no. So other economic indicators that we're looking at is the fact that some of the inventories that we watch are beginning to be, well, drawn down. So it looks as though some companies are beginning to reduce their inventory, cashing up and anticipation of an economic slowdown. Now, you got to understand there are a lot, there are, there is a lot of money, let's word it properly. There's a lot of money on the sidelines right now. And there's research and development just isn't really quite there. But one of the other key items we're looking at is the manufacturing sector struggling a little bit, obviously because of the disruption over trade. We don't like to use the word trade war, but it's just a trade dispute. And of course, weakness is beginning to spread into some of the service sectors. Now, other things we're beginning to take a real careful note of is that the labor market is beginning to slow down a little bit, while unemployment is down. There's no doubt about that. Unemployment is a little bit questionable. When we mean that is that it's not quite as strong as it was, but also there's a peak. You can't grow gangbusters when you have people that don't want to work. So a lot of baby boomers are retiring. A lot of baby boomers are going out on disability. We have a lot of people who are, again, working age. They simply will not work. And so you kind of just get to that point of peak labor engagement. So the number of people, the percentage of the population that could be working that is working, okay, they are working, 
it's uh, it needs to get up a little bit. We should be about five to ten points higher than what we're at. But we think that as again more and more baby boomers begin dying off, and if we do have a rational, intelligent discussion on immigration, which of course will not happen as long as President Trump is in office, because the opposition party will never allow it, as well as people within his party who depend upon cheap labor at the expense of again American citizens. You're going to see a little bit of an adjustment downward. The unemployment's going to be low, but we're not going to have the gangbusters growth. Oh. But core inflation, well, that's that's kind of down, but here's the problem. Core inflation is not necessarily what affects normal, everyday people. So the cost of cars, higher housing, higher Again, entertainment, you're, um, when you add all of these different subscriptions and then you compare it to, for example, your cable bill, a lot of things just are not down in price. And as more and more people are going out to eat, they're spending a lot of money on things they probably shouldn't be spending on. Oh, no. So one of the other things we're looking at, inflation, generally speaking, in the European zone. Western Europe is a mess. Western Europe is fading. There's no doubt about it in our opinion. And it's nonstop Brexit, exit, nonstop talk is just old. It's kind of like, well, it's just every day there's another political scandal going on and you have to start to ignore these things. People go, oh, they're so huge. It's so terrible. (gasps) Nah, just it's the same old thing. But what is going on is China. We're really paying attention to China. A lot of people are saying the economy's slowing down. They've got issues, there's no doubt about it. And they have some real strong tensions, not just in Hong Kong, in other areas. So once we start having some real tightening of financial regulation and begin putting the same kind of scrutiny on Chinese companies that was placed on WeWork, well, policymakers in China are going to have some real tough decisions to make because there's only so much cushion they can continue to pump. Again, that would be money, money cushion into their economy, stimulus, and um, the risk they have is deleveraging, and it could be pretty rough. So with that going, again, lots of quantitative analysis going on here. Lots of qualitative analysis, and uh, we're on top of it. For quite a while now, I've talked a lot about WeWork, and one of the companies that WeWork purchased is a company called Meetup. Now, for those of you who have been with me for quite a while here on Connecting Dots, you know that I've talked extensively about Meetup and one of the problems it has, and that is no-shows. Oh. I was online, and I was reading something and doing a little bit of research about the problems with Meetup. And I really got to tell you, I liked Meetup when I first started. A lot of these meeting and getting together platforms make a lot of sense. The problem that you have with these organizations, and I've been to Network After Work, a variety of different networking, the RGA Network. I've been to chambers of commerce, political organizations, just a whole bunch of different items. Uh, Everbright, one of the best ones I've ever attended is LinkedIn Local in Tampa. An amazing organization and well run. But here's the thing I want you to think about. And this kind of summarizes what my opinion is of a lot of people that make a reservation and well, you'll get the rest of the story. I've actually hosted hundreds of meetup events and groups over the years. Some were focused on new client acquisition, while others were for general 
general networking, and some were meant just for fun, to practice Japanese, learn how to make better pizza, practice Aikido, or whatever. Overwhelmingly, the majority of times, 50% of those who RSVP do not show up, regardless of time of year, location, incentives, location, or issues such as parking. So this was written back on uh, September 14th of this year by a, a fella who is a digital marketing specialist. Everybody's a digital marketing specialist, by the way. And he talks about the fact that 50% of the population that makes a reservation doesn't show up. And I learned that a long, long time ago. Oh, me, oh, my. We used to do the Living Trust Reality Workshop, and we did that for well over 20 years. Eventually, we shut it down for a couple of different reasons. One, the law firm was just too big. We just simply had far too many clients, and new client acquisition through good old-fashioned referrals was very, very steady. So we kind of stopped it. But more than that, one of the problems that we found is that you have a lot of people who simply are um, abusers. They don't show up. They show up late. They take phone calls during a presentation. I got to tell you, the quality of the average retiree, baby boomers, baby boomers are not at all like their parents. Not one bit. They are much more selfish. And if you get a offended by that, then you're one of those. You see, when you talk about a group of people, you realize you're not talking about everyone. There's always exceptions to the rule. But I think the overwhelming majority of baby boomers have just simply got a real problem, an entitlement mentality. And so it's kind of also rubbed off on their kids. And it's like, well, I I made a reservation, but I don't have to show up. And because of that, it really causes a problem when you do a, a organization. You know, let's say you go to a restaurant, you make a reservation. That, that restaurant is counting on people showing up. Your reputation's on the line. You say, well, we have 15 reservations, three people show up. They're not a happy camper. They had to bring people in, potentially extra staff. It's just not right. That's the reason why you have minimum purchases. And, and again, it's just not, it's just wrong. So this person talks about, you know, They do things for new client acquisition, for general networking, for having fun. And I just read a real good article where the guy said, listen, I have used networking for years and years. And uh, he talked about how WeWork has been his mainstay for years. And now he's using um, Eventbrite. Now, I think the problem you have with Meetup is that they wanted to get the company sold and I think they basically put lipstick on a pig and as a result we work bottom and now that those the founder and his uh, Beverly Hillbillies clan that he had around him all the self-dealing and inappropriate behavior that went on and the financial improprieties at least that got shut down before it went public I think a lot of people put lipstick on a pig in order to sell their company. And of course, when we work got it, they're completely lost. So Eventbrite seems to be a pretty good thing. Here's the thing. You got to get out there all over the board. You got to be on Twitter. You got to be on Facebook. You got to be on Eventbrite. You got to be on Meetup and every other possible angle out there. Getting in front of people is really tough now. You used to be able to run an ad in your local paper. Well, nobody reads the local paper anymore. 
We have, for example, in Ocala and Gainesville, just a terrible trash organization when it comes to local news, an opportunity that really somebody ought to step up and fill. So people don't read emails. People don't like to receive text messages, billboards, like you can afford a billboard every day to change. It's really tough out there. So this is going to be a real problem going forward. And that's one of the reasons why we don't do a lot of live events. When we do a live event, it's online and it's generally for clients only, limited invitation because, well, they tend to show up a little more than than others, the general public. So if you're looking to do some type of an event or gathering, you really got to lower your expectations. People today say they want to network, say they want to get out and do things, but uh, talk is cheap and actually doing something, it's a different story. There's a cute story in Market Watch. It talks about a lady who is 50 years of age and she's a dog walker. And she retired after making more than $1 million and she was working three days a week. Those kinds of headlines always bother me because when you read the story, it's not the story of somebody working three days a week. It's the story of a person who is doing what they like, are good, profitable, and can control. Her name is Christine Morrison and she started in her, ni- in her 20s in the 1990s She had no career, no direction. She lived in California, uh, just over the Golden Gate Bridge by San Francisco. So there you go. There's your first thing you need to be aware of. She's living in an area where, well, they got a lot of money over there. So she likes to walk. She met a woman who was walking a dog. One thing led to another, and she started helping this lady out by walking the dog and pet sitting. One thing led to another, and all of a sudden, she's got a business. (gasps) So the woman who has uh, got the dog, she's got somebody to take care of the dog while she's at work. Her income hit $100,000 in the 2000s, but she, to grow that and get way beyond that, what did she do? She became a business owner. She says she had no idea what she was doing. What did she do? She started hiring other people. And this was in Marin County, California, where you got to understand Marin County is not a poor area. But she's now advising others. She sold her business. And she says, you know, she's still working 12, 14 hours. But most small business owners, you know, they don't really put in the time that they need to put into running a business. People just don't realize how much time it takes. She wound up having, I think, 30 or 40 employees, according to this this, this article here. But the thing is, non-veterinary pet services, they're a big business. Pet owners are on track to spend more than $6 billion on grooming, walking, sitting, and related services. So that's something you could do if you wanted. It'd be a side gig, and it could be a full-time gig. But remember, it's like anything else. You have to get insurance. You have to get uh, your licensing. You... Got to be careful. You got to watch your pennies, nickels, and dimes. And more importantly, you can't spend everything. That's one of the problems when people start to make money, they keep spending it. And that's one of the big problems when you get a lump sum distribution. We're going to talk about what's going on with GE. I'm going to talk a little bit about my experience with IBM. Once you make it, you got to save it. And that's what we do and help you with as a true fiduciary here at Fixed Cost Financial. Back in the 1970s, I had an opportunity to learn firsthand what pension rating was all about. Now, my father worked for a company called REA Express. He retired as vice president of the company, but not in a position to influence the finances. My father was in logistics. He understood how to get something from one side of the country to the other. In fact, my father was instrumental in the creation of something called REA Express, 
which is the forerunner to Federal Express. Yeah, there you go. A little something you didn't know about my dad. So one of the things that happened is the company was taken private by corporate raiders. And this was a brand new thing back in the 70s. One of the reasons they did that is because the company was worth more by putting it out of business and stealing the pension than it was making money doing transportation. So kind of go back in those times, 1974, we had oil embargo. You understand with OPEC and, and times were tough. So they just simply busted up in pieces and got rid of an amazing company, which traced its roots to the Pony Express. Sad but true, but that's just the way it is. Oh. So what you had back in the day is you had pensions, which are nothing more than annuities. Social Security is an annuity. And they were overfunded, meaning that if you shut the pension down and paid everybody what is known as a single premium immediate annuity, they would get the same pension benefit that they would if the pension stayed around, but you could get rid of all the pension obligations. And what you could do is you could then take the excess money and you kept it. So here's the problem. When you have somebody that's doing their job right, you always want to have the pension overfunded because as a workforce gets older, you have to draw down on that pension and it becomes closer to parity. But again, because of fast-talking shysters on Wall Street who are able to manipulate legislators and regulators, again, a lot of these people got in and they raided pensions. If you watch the movie Wall Street, okay, the original movie Wall Street, not the second, not the second one, not, not the sequel, but the original one with Michael Douglas and Charlie Sheen, that was all about pension rating. And can, you know, Charlie, his father worked for Blue Star and is actually his father in real life, Martin Sheen. And so Blue Star is this fictitious airline that was going to get a favorable rating. Charlie knew it, told him. And again, Michael Douglas gets in, makes money. That's illegal, by the way. That's insider trading. But once they're in and they realize how much money the pension has, they're going to buy the company, sell off the routes, sell off the planes, and take the excess money in the pension. That's what that movie's all about. I understood it real clear because I lived it with my dad back in the 70s. But now, well, now we have GE. Here's what's going on with GE. General Electric, commonly known simply as GE, is freezing pensions for about 20,000 American employees with salaried benefits in an attempt to reduce its debt. The move will also affect supplementary pension benefits for about 700 workers. The company says the changes could help reduce its pension deficit as much as $8 billion. Here's what I know. Back in the 1980s, I worked with a lot of IBM employees who were being let go. It was downsizing and they were giving them very healthy benefit packages to get the hell out. And as the next benefit package came, it was less and less. And of course, what happens is a lot of people say, no, I'm not going to take it. Then they go, oh, I wish I had. And so as you see the pension benefits going down eventually on the second or third wave, boy, you flush a lot of people out. And what happens is a lot of people get cash because everybody knows how to manage money, right? Everybody does. No, that's an art. It's as much an art as it is a science. So here at Fixed Cost Financial, we are very good at giving you the mathematical formulas that you can do it yourself. And we even do it for you at no additional cost. There are rules that you must follow when you are taking a lump sum distribution. There are people out there, I sure wish I had met you years ago. I could have prevented you from having a lot of problems. But the bottom line is there are some very specific rules. Now, I got to tell you, GE has got a lot of problems. 
They've got a lot of problems when it comes to their long-term care insurance. Long-term care insurance, I've spoken about extensively here on Connecting Dots. In fact, I even gave a seminar on it in Pinellas County not too long ago. So if you have any type of long-term care insurance policy with GE, if you're a GE employee in any way, shape, or form, feel free to give us a call at 212-433-2525. We'll schedule a no-cost, no-obligation consultation. I'll help you walk through some of the decisions that you need to make. But here's the big deal. This is just the first first part. Freezing these pensions is one thing. Next thing is to get rid of the pension to give you a buyout. And the buyout will be to their benefit. And you, if you don't do it right, it's going to cost you an awful lot of money. So don't be stupid, okay? You don't want to sit back and wait for the thunderstorm to come in and to wipe you out because... It's, it's not pretty. This is not rocket science. Yeah, there's people out there who understand what's going on, but the reality in life is you got to know how this stuff works, and we're happy to help you at any time. You are listening to Connecting Dots, the public podcast of Fixed Cost Financial, the home of fixed cost investing. Visit FixedCostFinancial.com for the industry leader in true fiduciary-based investment advice and management. In the race to zero, many of your online trading platforms are now charging zero commissions when it comes to online brokerage. So Fidelity has announced that they are doing the same thing as several other of the large firms that are out there, such as Charles Schwab. TD Ameritrade is another one, E-Trade. They all have fallen in line with zero. Unfortunately, for the average consumer, there is a lack of knowledge as to how money is actually made. So frontline, hairline, haircut commissions are one thing, but there are a lot of other fees that you will be paying for. There is no such thing as a free lunch. And understanding all of the different nickels and dimes, the way these companies work it, the way they work it in terms of advice, cutting back on staff, their robo-advisors, how they make money on ETFs, how they make money on cash. There's going to be a rude awakening and there's going to be a real serious amount of litigation coming up in the very near future. Ladies and gentlemen, there's no such thing as a free lunch. If you want more information, get a hold of us. One last thing, the Securities and Exchange Commission has been discussing for quite some time, and we've mentioned this many, many times, the issues involving the practices for 401ks, 457, and 403b plans. Now, 403b is known as a tax-sheltered annuity. It's oftentimes used for teachers and government employees. 457 plans are known as deferred compensation. Now, a 403b deferred annuity is not the same as a commercial annuity that you may be familiar with, such as a equity index annuity, a single premium immediate annuity, or deferred annuity, variable annuity. It's not the same. It's a term that is used basically for the public sector equivalent of a 401k. And 457 deferred comp plans are not the same as deferred comp in the 
private sector. So 457 is also a form of public sector 401k plans. But the big thing is a lot of these organizations out there, school districts in particular, they get a principal who retires. A principal knows everybody in the school district. The principal used to be a football coach, and that's how they got their position and rose to the ranks. You get a winning team, you get to be principal, and you get to, that's your payoff. Very, very common in, in quite a few school districts. So what happens then is they wind up retiring, but before they retire, they get their insurance license, they get a securities license, they wind up getting a payroll deduction slot, and then they run around talking to everybody, and it's the old affinity marketing. It's affinity fraud. They get people buying high-cost, high-commission-based products, and it's really ugly. I've seen this for years, and so marketplace is kind of difficult to compete in because it's a good old boy network no matter where you go. However, the SEC is requesting uh, information and documents pertaining to how administrators provide investment counseling to investors, and a lot of these guys are going to get burned. I said this years ago, about 20 years ago, I worked with a school district, and I said, you guys are going to get burned one day. Well, sometimes it takes a long time for the egg to hatch and come to roost. But New York State has uh, got a financial services watchdog. They've opened a probe uh, in the insurance practices in the 403B market. It's just a matter of time before the state of Florida does the same thing. A lot of major insurance companies are going to be subjected to some real serious issues. Oh, me, oh, my. But what's going to happen is somebody's going to get uh, on their high horse and sue school districts. I can see that class action coming real easy. And if you happen to be an attorney and if you're looking for an expert witness, give me a call at 212-433-2525. Be happy to discuss with you where I think the litigation issues are. Oh, no. Yep, they're going to get nailed, and school board members and everybody else better have enough money to uh, to take care of things. Of course, what you will see is they'll claim eminent uh, you know, sovereign immunity, and they'll say we can't be sued, and it's all the same thing. It's, uh, it's going to be ugly, but I can see that coming down line. With that, let's wrap this thing up. That does it for today. Thanks for joining me. I'm Paul Truesdell with Fix Cost Financial. You can reach us by phone by calling 212-433-2525 between 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Eastern. Again, that's 212-433-2525. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or YouTube. But ideally, for links, notes, PDFs, videos, and more to this podcast, well, simply go directly to FixCostFinancial.com and click on the blog or podcast links. For quick reference, and this is easy to remember, simply type dots.fm. That's dots.fm. Isn't that cool? And you'll land right on our podcast page. Now visit Fixed Cost Financial, the home of fixed cost investing, where it's better because it's simple and works. Break the mold and do it today. All rights reserved. Reproduction or use without written authorization prohibited without written authorization. Bonus feature from Fixed Cost Financial. Checking, saving, debit card, and client podcasts. Well, that was another edition of Connecting Dots, and thank you for listening. We appreciate uh, all of our uh, listeners. And right now we're running at around, um, oh, 1,000 to 1,500 per episode, which is kind of cool, I think. For those of you who are clients, we're going to be announcing a new feature. For those of you who are not clients, you might want to pay attention to this. We're going to be offering, without any cost, 
and no compensation for us, we're going to be offering checking, savings, and debit card. The debit card will be through Galileo, and it's going to be private branded with fixed cost financial, and it's through Bancorp, and the rates are phenomenal. If you're interested, get a hold of us by email. Use the blue intercom button. Simply call 212-433-2525. We will talk with you about this. It is a cool feature that we're uh, adding to uh, everyone. Basically, uh, if you're getting a checking account that's paying a fraction of a percent, we're over, I think, 1.2%. Savings is, I think, 1.6 or 1.9. Forgot what it is today, but that's pretty high. And, of course, the debit card, 3,500 different locations across the country. Kind of cool. And, again, that's available to clients. If you're looking to make some extra money, I mean, that does make sense. But here's the big thing. you got to simply get signed up and get started. And for clients, always remember, never forget, all of the podcasts that we do for you are far in excess to these items. Okay? This is for the public. And, it's again, it's a great little show, Connecting Dots. But all the real meat and potato hardcore things, we save that for our real clients, not for people that are just listening passively. So with that, if you're not a client, hey, give us a call. Let's get together, have a conversation. And uh, we can do that by telephone, by uh, video conference. If you're in the Ocala metropolitan area or by my satellite office in Tampa, feel free to stop by. We can do that. But uh, this is Connecting Dots. And I'm telling you right now, the way we do things at Fixed Cost Financial, it's better, it's simple, and it works. In my opinion, you want to do it. Do me a favor and tell family, friends, neighbors, relatives, and coworkers about Connecting Dots. Your participation helps us. Again, we will help you all we can. No ifs, no ands, no buts about it. This is the real deal.